and welcome to episode 7 of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host Ian and say hello Lewis, my co-host. Hello there. How you doing? Uh, very well. I'm just recovering from um, con flu and all the other things that are floating around right now, but we're on our way. <clears throat> I seem yeah. to be always ill. Yeah, you had a mad weekend at Insomnia, didn't you? Yeah, I did have a bit of a mad one. It has uh, carried on through. And uh, it doesn't it doesn't help that all my housemates are actually horribly ill as well. And yeah, and you've passed the cold you developed. You've passed around the house here as well. Exactly, so. it will come full circle once again. It'll be never ending. <laughs> it will cross cross the Irish Channel back back to Dublin and uh, uh, ruin me, <laughs> ruin you again. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So we're a bit we're a bit behind. We hope to record this um, last week, really, or maybe. Ten days ago, but um, real life got in the way. Lewis's sister got married, and while you were back for the wedding, we hoped to record, but it was just too too much of a mad yeah, week. Yeah, too much, really, too wasn't hectic, it? wasn't it? So, really, uh, mm. so we're a bit delayed. But here we are. We're recording. Um, I'll get into uh, the content of this uh, this episode in a minute. There's a few things I want to kind of discuss first. Um, something I want to talk about from episode six, where we reviewed Street Fighter Two. Now. During the review, um, I, I made a I, I made a statement um, and I had a few of you come back saying I was wrong. So um, I just want to clarify that. So when I stated that in the Japanese dub um, that the names were wrong, um, this was a small misunderstanding on my behalf. So I knew that the names had changed in the Japanese, in the Western version. But I, I thought the names had changed for the bosses in Street Fighter 2 before it got launched. I knew there'd been a name change. I didn't realise that the names were changed from the Japanese version to the Western release because um, it was the Mike Tyson, M. Bison, Mike Tyson thing for the boxer. So so I just want to clear that up. I, I knew there was a name change, but I, I, I'd misunderstood it slightly. So I just wanted to clear that clear that up and then some other good news on the the retro anime availability so there was a couple of good announcements at um, the uh, recent Otakon uh, convention Disney announced that uh, Robot Carnival is coming to uh, Blu-ray which I'm really happy about I've, I've seen that before I've held out buying the DVD because I was really hoping it would come out on uh, Blu-ray because it looks fantastic have you seen Robot Carnival? I have not I've, I've uh, seen G Gundam yeah, Robot Carnival is like a um, it's an anthology film. It's got seven vignettes, and uh, but the animation in it's absolutely stunning. So I'm some way down the line, we'll we'll have a look at some of these anthology um, animes from from the past with uh, that have got really really high production values. And the other thing that made me really happy was um, Right Stuff announced that uh, G Gundam's coming to Blu-ray next year. So. Um, I absolutely love G Gundam. It's it's full meta, super robot turns into real robot with Gundam, and then real robot Gundam does super robot anime. So I think it's an absolutely cracking series. Looks great. Really, really good story. Quite dark in places as well. Um, we watched that together donkeys years ago, didn't we? Yeah, so, very long time ago. It's probably one of the one of the first I've it, I'd seen. Yeah, it was very very early on that we watched that together. So um, yeah, I'm very happy that because I've seen some episodes of the uh, rips of the Japanese Blu-ray when it came out. Uh, it was over late last year, or early this year, and it and it does look stunning in HD. So I'm really really uh, happy about that. So what are we going to talk about this episode? So. 
do something slightly different um, this time. We're going to talk about uh, Yoshiyuki Tamino's legendary, and I would say almost mythical, um, Idion franchise. Um, and be warned, there are some spoilers on this. It's very, very hard to talk about about this without yeah. without some um, spoilers. Um, one thing I want to get out of the way is the pronunciation, because um, it is pronounced in two ways during the in the series. Um, so it's pronounced, yeah. So the 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 opening credits and the eye catch say Ideon, but if you listen to the actual characters as they say it, they say Ideon. So yeah. either way, do you think they say it um, in that in the in the music, you know, the the very strange music uh, musical piece they've written for it, just because spacing it out makes more rhythmical sense. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> it's hard to say it quickly within a song, so mm. it makes. Because um, the uh, the eye catch, because it's all mm. it's quite you know harmonious, you know Ideon and um, yeah. you know and you can't it's quite hard to be that if you say Idion, you know it doesn't it doesn't quite sort of flow. So uh, yeah, um, we've talked about Yoshiki Tamino before on this podcast. Um, again, you know very prolific mecha director at um, Sunrise from really from the sort of mid to late 70s all the way. He's still active. He released uh, Recognista in G, his latest Gundam series, um, only a few years ago. And this was, you know, one of his uh, very high-profile works sort of in that period when he was, I I think, Tamino was probably at his best. Um, Space Runaway Idion was a TV series that aired in May 1980. Um... Four months after Mobile Suit Gundam, the original TV series, uh, finished airing in January 1980. It followed Gundam in that it was predominantly a super robot, uh, sorry, it was predominantly um, a real robot show, but some of the, like Gundam before it, it still had some sort of super robot elements in it. Um, I'll say fundamentally it was a, it's a real, in that vein of a real robot show. It was seriously dark. Um, very seriously yeah. dark. You know? Yeah, it is. And Tamino actually, oft, if you look at his um, his the, the shows that he directed through the 70s and 80s, they quite often alternated between sort of serious and and or dark and uh, comedy. If you look at you had Zambot 3, which was very dark, and then you had Daitan 3, which was very 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 silly. Then you had Gundam, which was quite dark. Idion, which is quite dark. Sabungle, which was quite funny. Um, then you had, uh, what did you have? You had Dunbine, which was dark. Then, then L Game, which was, you know, a bit of both. It was quite silly, but then became quite dark. And then you had Zeta Gundam, which was really, you know, really, really dark again. So, you know, he, he, he did flip and flop between, between the two. Um, and, you know, with Idion, um, you know, Tamino really earned his um, kill em all um, nickname. It's um, with um, with Edeon, Tamino worked with a slightly different crew uh, than he had before. With um, Sandbot 3 and uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, he predominantly worked with uh, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko for the character designs, and then Kunio Okawara for uh, 
for the um, maker design. Um, and for Edion, Tomonori Kagawara um, did the uh, character designs, and he did a lot of other stuff at the time. He worked a lot with um, Tomino. He did uh, Zabungal and Dumbine, the two shows that immediately followed um, Edion for uh, Tomino. And he also did Tekken and Blade and um, Odin, which we reviewed in the first episode. Mm, yeah. um, and the maker design was by uh, someone known as Submarine, who only has th three uh, credits. He did uh, God Sigma and uh, he did something else as well. Um, so, Ideon uh, is a 39-episode TV series. was originally supposed to be 43, but um, it got cancelled very late in its run. And then the ending was modified to bring it to an end. The four episodes that were cut were predominantly produced. So after Tomino finished the uh, Gundam movie trilogy, because this was the second TV show in a row that he'd had cancelled um, very late on, he gave Edie on the uh, compilation movie treatment and he created um, two films, um, a contact, which is essentially um, uh, a recap of the most of the TV series, uh, TV series, and then be invoked, um, which was predominantly the unused footage of the real ending that Tamino intended for Idiom. Both of these released um, in 1982 as a double header late after uh, the Gundam trilogy. So the Idiom a contact covers pretty much uh, mostly episodes one to 32. And part of 39, and then I say Edian be invoked, then uses essentially the unused footage from episodes 40 to 43. So for me, Edian, I discovered this back in about 2001-2. So after really getting into Gundam, after Gundam Wing aired, and then there was a you know explosion of stuff on the on the internet, um, started discovering all this other stuff that uh, Tamino had done, um, and at the time when the forums were becoming really popular, it had a really, really sort of big, hefty reputation. Um, and at the time when I used to be on quite a few forums, you know, there was a lot of people talking about, you know, how dark it was and, you know, how destructive it was and everything. Um, and to be honest, after I'd seen it, I realised a lot of people were wrong. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of people who were, you know talking about it like they'd seen it, but actually didn't have a clue. It's, it's what they'd read on other forums and books and stuff. So uh, it was released at that time in Japan on, um, when, the, again, the DVD explosion happened. I did try to actually get the box sets through Jigsco, um, but set two was and the movie box set was um, released in very, very small numbers and they were impossible to get hard of. And if you could find a set, then it was uh, ridiculously uh, expensive. So... Few years about 2002 3, fan sub group called Shin Getter started fan subbing the TV series and the movies, and then, um, yeah, and then about 2006 when they finished it, I watched, I watched all of it. And then ahead of this podcast, I wanted to focus on the movies, but um, I ended up watching it again so that I had the context of the TV series. Um, and I've been re watching for the last three years, I've been re watching all the key, the big, um, 80s mecha tv series so i mm. did it as part of that so it's uh, worth noting i think uh, also for the reviews that uh, the fact that i only watched the the, the two compilation yeah. movies uh, yeah. and you've seen everything for context yeah so. so 
you're seeing this purely as um, coming into it as watching the movies, and then mm-hmm. I've seen the TV series, and then I've seen the movies, so... bit of a synopsis um, for the TV series, the original Space 108 Idion TV series. So the Buff Clan, which is a race similar to humans, go to the planet Solo, um, which the Buff Clan call Logo Dao, where Earth colonists have discovered the artifacts of the Sixth Civilization, and they are the Idion and the Solo ship. The Buff Clan try to take it away from the Earthlings and chase them across the galaxy while the crew of the Solo ship work out the mystery of the E-Day. So, um, I just want to talk a bit about the TV series, just to provide a, a bit of uh, context, really. Um, so, starting at the very beginning, the opening theme of it. Now, you have seen the opening theme yeah. of Idion, um, mm-hmm. and it's a really chirpy... We should we should prequel it uh, as we enter. You know, the normal, the normal intro jingle that you've got for the... Yeah, the podcasts. We should put this one as the start. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely, I will definitely put the music, the intro into this because it is, in contrast Bubbly. to the series, it's it's bizarre because it's you get this happy, you know, chirpy, typically very seventies robot anime opening, um, but then it's just so in contrast with the actual tone of the show. Um, the TV series. I think is a decent TV series. I actually enjoyed it more watching it this second time round than I did um, originally. I still find it has the same problems. It's very repetitive, like really repetitive. It's the same thing over and over and over again. There's a constant series of buff clan officers who turn up with the latest mobile mecha and they chase and fight the solo ship. They get killed, and the next one turn up. And it's just, it's literally that <laughs> episode after episode after episode. Is it? Is it? It's, it's like shonen in a sense, but it is. Yeah. Like, we must bring more mecha. <laughs> it is. You're absolutely spot on, and it is like that. It has that, and that's that's part of where it's that's where it lapses back into its super robot. I mean, even background. I think I think a lot of it. Um, even watching the the two uh, compilation movies, a lot of it feels slow. Yeah. 
And you can see why, you know, people lost interest. I mean, getting to episode 39 is a shame that they couldn't reach the full 43, but yeah. a lot of it is like a lot of the conversations they have are the same ones they've been having after every yeah. attack. And that's, and that is exactly what happens. And, and I think the biggest and most fundamental flaw with the TV series is that actually, once they've got off, it takes about four episodes for them to get off this planet and then get into this space battle with, um, the Buff Clan. And it actually, it doesn't actually move the steer, it doesn't actually move the story on mm. for like 30 episodes. It is the same thing. They're trying to discover the background of the E-Day, which is this mystical power, which is causing all these problems, you know, and, you know, bringing these two races against each other. Um, and it's just, and it just, it is very repetitive. Um, and the other thing you know, as well, sorry, goodness. No, I was, I was just going to say, you know, I'm watching it uh, all the way through, both of them. Um, I can help but draw a lot of similarities to yeah. Gurren Lagan. Yeah. Well, it is. A, it was a. It was a. Um, it was an. Inf- well, it was a direct influence on Gurren Lagann, as um, Evangelion was as well. So. Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll talk about that at the end because we had some good questions about that, which um, yeah. which we'll cover as part of that. So. Um, the other thing for me in the TV series, um, is like, there's never like clear lead characters in it. It's a very even ensemble mm. cast. And one of the things that, for me, one of the reasons why Gundam works so well is you had this, the Shah versus Amaru thing was like, you know, you, you, you had the triumvirate with Amaru, Shah and uh, Layla, you know, and it was just, it just worked really well. And that was kind of lacking. There was no clear antagonist and there was no clear protagonist in it. And I think mm. it suffered a little bit for that. Um, having said that, though, um, it does it does do a lot of stuff very well. Um, it creates a very good sense of mystery around the E Day, mm. um, and the sense of desperation you get from the crew of the Solo ship um, as they're being relentlessly and it is relentlessly chased by the Buff Clan, um, and the constant aggression they they feel from them, um, mm. I think is really really well portrayed in the TV series. It's yeah. just that it just goes on and on and on. Mm. I think like, my personal, sorry, I think my personal strongest character was uh, Cheryl. Yeah, I think she's, you see, and that's interesting, and I'll talk about that more when we review A Contact, um, mm. because uh, I've got some views, yeah, I, I agree, I agree. Um, but like many um, Tamino shows, you know, like like um, L Game is and stuff. When it's good, it is really, really good. But it, you know, it's that high and low. It's really good, then it's a bit repetitive. Then it's really mm. good, then it's a bit repetitive and boring and whatever. So that's, um, I mean, I would give, you know, I'd give the TV series a seven out of ten. I think it's, yeah. it's far from flawed. And the ending as well. It comes to, you get through the first half of episode thirty nine, which is the intended bit, and then after the eye catch, it comes to this absolutely sudden ending, and it doesn't tie up any of the story at all. It just ends. Yeah. Um, but it's beautiful in its own way. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's quite unique. I'd say a seven out of ten. I, I think it has a lot of good stuff about it, but it but it is um, it is fundamentally flawed. Right, so we'll get into our first review then. So 
will review the idiom a contact. So quick synopsis. Um, so the Buff Clan, it's the same thing really in the in a contact as the TV series. The Earthlings go to Silo Planet, discover the Ideon and the um, Silo ship. The Buff Clan turn up looking for the same things and then they get chased across the galaxy. So, mm. Lou, so what did you think of a contact now that you've we're into something that you've seen? Um, it was it was quite comprehensive. I was I was, I was very captivated by the first thirty minutes, um, especially uh, the the whole sort of in. I guess the political intrigue of it all. Um, I think the Buff Clan. Straight up, I'm just gonna say I think the the name Buff Clan for an entire different human civilization is just awful. It is um, rubbish. Yeah, it's terrible, it. isn't it? It's so sort um, of unimaginative. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the first thirty minutes had me hooked. I was very, very impressed with um, with Carolella, uh, Carolella, Carolla, Carolla. Yeah, uh, Carolla's uh, character and you know that the whole sort of. Because uh, you get every character's sort of perspective, you know, the yeah. the the, uh, the big mecha, uh, the the god of Ide, um, yeah. is you know reacting to people's uh, natural defense instinct, um, and seems to be drawing unlimited limitless power. So there's all that mystery going on at the same time with both of these uh, civilizations come to head. Yeah. Uh, but then you get the aftermath where all the characters are starting to sort of you know. Um, there's aliens aboard the ship, so they're you know you know they're, they're trying to get to grips with the situation. Yeah. Um, and they they fight the the, the civilization. So yeah, the Earth, uh, our Earth, or you know what yeah. is portrayed to be our Earth in the uh, in in the in the movie, well compilation movie, is that shuns effectively their own people because yeah. they don't want to bring the Buff Clan to to the planet. Yeah. Uh, so they just become you know space runaways, which yeah. is. Which is great Which in is, a sense because yeah. you get a sense of like they become isolated, they become um, they become total sort of out, uh, interstellar rejects, and they, they've lost everything at this point. Yeah, uh, and they're still trying to uncover this mystery. Um, so that the first thirty to forty minutes was was very very good in my in my book, but then it sort of slowed down uh, a little bit for me. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think the story. Flows better in a contact compared to the TV 100%. series. I think by editing oh. out, like what Tamino did with the Gundam movie trilogy, mm. by sort of cutting out all the chaff and the flab and some of the more fantastical super robot stuff, you get into a much more coherent story that makes um, more sense. Um, you know, having said that, I will say the editing is quite choppy. Because yeah. they are, because it's only an 84-minute film, so it's yeah. what 600 minutes of TV series edited down into 84. Yeah. Um, so it does feel quite choppy at times. Mm. Um, but as as a sort of coherent story, it makes more sense and it flows much much better. Mm. Um, interestingly, in a contact, um, even some of that reused footage, they actually changed the dialogue that the characters say to make more yeah. sense so that the story mm. flows better. Um, I mean, it's tough, isn't it? Because I, I, I'm, I'm sure once you're making those really tough decisions, and like I've had that issue, you know, cutting down dialogue and everything else out of a script before, uh, is what 
if you you know the, the writer's dilemma of if you love it throw it away um yeah. because if if you love it it's not necessary uh but the flavor and everything else a little bit's lost because they're just trying to cut down and get the really important story yeah. bits into it but because it becomes very talky it becomes very wordy yeah. once they've been rejected from earth yes it um, does that yeah and that and while it yeah and i think while it it, it it's all the better for having removed the repetitive new buff clan officer turns up, chases them for two episodes, gets killed, and then the next one turns up. Um, yeah, the last, I agree, the last half an hour does then get sort of very talky. Again, I think my criticism of the TV series in that there's no sort of clear lead characters, I think is still relevant here. I don't think you get a sense of a clear sort of lead character in... no. Um, it's about it's about the solo ship, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, not, is. it, it doesn't even become about the the Idian. Um, no, yeah, and I think the explanation of the E Day is better in the um, because they kind of fluffed around and contradict themselves and aren't very clear about it in the TV series. I felt I don't think mm. they were much more much clearer on the explanation of of the E Day uh, and and its you know its power in the universe, which I thought was a lot better. Yeah. Um, but having said that there's no um, uh, sort of clear character, the best character, I agree, is Cheryl. And I want to say, as I think um, Haralu, who's the lead, who's uh, Karala's sister, yeah. the redhead one, I mean, I think she's a really good character in the TV series, but here she's, they, she's edited to be sort of even harder yeah. and, and more Very vicious, so. you know, and I think she's a really, really good character. And I think, interestingly, the two best characters in this in this, well, I think in both films, to be honest, are Cheryl um, and um, and Haralu. Yeah, I think that's that that's quite interesting because Haralu is a is, she is a real bitch. Yeah. In this, she really, really is an absolute um, mm. uh, an absolute mm. bitch. Uh, well, that's and, the, that's the, sorry, Carol. I'll say because quite interesting because she's she's you know um, Haralu is this. You know, she's this kind of real um, buff clan babe, and she's drawn, and her and Carola mm. are kind of drawn as quite attractive. Yeah, very soft. Know, soft and, not, you know, um, and. Bigger eyes. Bigger eyes and stuff, yeah, and I think that's quite. I think the way that's done is um, quite interesting. But yeah, the. Um, Cheryl, uh, we want to talk about why. Well, I want to talk about why uh, she's the most meaningful character on the solo ship uh, to me, because she has that. Uh, that she out of all the characters she has, seems to have the most drive yeah um, yeah because she's really wants to discover what the e day is about um she's got all these character issues where you know she doesn't want to be undermined undervalued um, yeah, pushed aside yeah. because she's a woman or anything else like that um and and all of her all the weight she puts on herself to find out what's going on especially um with uh, the the pressure of being chased across what is effectively the universe uh, she descends into madness and and you know and it becomes yeah. an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, and her descent into madness is is really really well portrayed. Um, mm. Yeah, I can say the E Day portrayed much better in um, in this. Um, but one of the things again comparing it to the TV series, there's a bit where Cosmo gets her blood transfusion, and he talks to the E Day, and it's or well, the E Day talks to him, and it's kind of inconsequential and more happens in that in the tv yeah. series which is a bit it, it 
in the film it kind of feels very very inconsequential um because to be oh, honest I, I was very bloody confused yeah i think it's and again that's where the the the, the short runtime um affects it because to be honest it really could have done with another 10 or 15 minutes just to put a little bit more in some of those things because it is a very short yeah. film you know by the time you've added on the you've you've taken out the um end, uh, end credits you know it's it cuts it down to 82 minutes or so um and mm. because it was presented as a double feature i think you know you've ultimately got a three-hour film between the two um so they probably had to really be, as we said at the start of the review, quite brutal with the with the editing, so that they could get. Otherwise, you'd end up with two mammoth long films, you know. So, mm. um, so it, yeah, and I'll say that's bit. And the other thing as well, I found with the discussion of the E Day, the explanation of the E Day makes more. It does make more sense, but um, sometimes though, it it really crashes in explanation of it. The explanation is good, but it comes crashing in to the dialogue without any kind of prior build-up to it. Yeah. It's just kind of blurted out. And in the TV series, there was a bit of a build-up to those the explanations that were there. The TV series built it up better, Mm. Um, you know. And I found, and you know, that's you know the the whole sort of choppy feel to it. Um, It's is again. the story's better, but again, its biggest flaw this time now is is the way it's edited and the way it's presented. I think. Yeah. Um, the other thing that changes significantly between the TV series and and this is the music. Um, the TV series is I quite like the music in the TV series. It's quite it's got quite a funky, funky stuff. It's got a music which is very um, reminiscent of the music in Gundam, um, but mm. you get a much more sort of classical score in in these films. Um, yeah so uh yeah so that's so yeah that again a bit of a, a, a minus point for me for the film is it is it as catchy as the music in odin no it's nowhere near as good uh, uh, no odin odin had the best music yeah no, nothing does. can beat loudness's uh heavy metal tracks in uh odin. Yeah. outrageous <laughs> i mean the other thing as well i think the, the way it's been edited um and I think, and this is due to a lack of screen time, because there's no room for the story to grow. Really, is is that the the sense of desperation and mystery that the TV series did really well is kind of lacking in a contact. Um, yeah. And I and I, again, I think it's a a thing of just not having enough room to breathe, really, and to mm. and to grow that. Um, kind it's, of it's, it's almost. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's almost intrinsic. Uh, a promised a promised feature of something that's written episodically yeah. to be compressed into a movie to not flow yeah. um, correctly. And, so, you know, there's been, there's been a few, few things I can't name off the top of my head that have, have benefited for being compressed. Um, but then again, like that, that would only insinuate that the, the original writing wasn't that great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think compared to the Gundam trilogy, that's where it got it really, really right, and I think the Gundam trilogy is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I really like the Gundam TV series, I really, really do. But you know, the Gun- the movie trilogy I think works much better. As we said, I yeah. think the story the story flows better, the story makes more sense. It is, you know, it has well, yeah, when you don't have to dance around, 
you know, yeah. there are drawbacks of it compressed, choppy, yeah. um, ed, you know, editing, trying to compress all that story down. Yeah, especially when you've got so many characters um, yeah. with no with no clear headliners. Because yeah. you, you you think it's Cosmo, turn it's really it's really not. You know, he gets he gets a, a lot of good screen time, and he has. Uh, but honestly, I, I wasn't that drawn to him. No, I I didn't find him a very compelling, endearing, um, endearing yeah. character. And again, I think this is part of the problem where there's no clear lead character mm. to really root for, because Cosmo mm. shares as much screen time with Bess and Deck and yeah, and Bez uh, is better. Like <laughs> yeah, Bez, you know, yeah. Carola gets loads of screen time. Deck, um, Kasha. Kasha, all of them, yeah. you know, they all get equal, they're all equal players in this story. Um, mm. and I, and I think, I, I think it suffers a little bit for that. Um, cause you're not really rooting or developing a, a few characters. You're kind of, you were spreading that development thinly across lots of people. Um, what do you think of the, um, the Idion as a, as a robot design? Um, when it's together, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, the the head, you know, and the upper body especially. Yeah. But you know, in, in parts, I don't know. Oh, I I um, think it's in in its individual parts. I think it's really clunky. Yeah. I think it's really really clunky looking. It, and a yeah, bit, it looks a, a bit, bit too. Naff. Yeah, it does look a bit naff. It looks like um Hot Wheels. Sort yeah, of. it does. Uh, yeah. But the um the like, Indian. The idiot itself, itself like, I it think, is really cool. Wild. I think it's yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's you know, all the all the little secret compartments, all the detailing and, yeah, and you know yeah. the hatches and everything else. It it does look very cool. Yeah, I I I quite like that. Um, but yeah, the and even when the trucks convert into the spaceships as well, even mm. the ships look a bit. I mean, it's it's you know it is a product of its time. It's really still seventies designed in that. Um, and you know it's a nature because I always find it quite funny that the sixth civilization, which died out ten thousand years ago, um, put their god in this um, clunky looking yeah. fire engine and caterpillar tracked. You know, yeah, I yeah, just it's a bit funny. it just I find that really hilarious the way you know the way it's portrayed because it's not it's not futuristic at all. You know the the, the ships and stuff that. The um, Earthlings have looked more futuristic than than the, uh, the you know the these E Day relics. You know, it's yeah. um, I find it I find that quite funny. I still watching it again. I it always amuses me the um, the designs. It's uh, it's kind of a bit it's a bit unfortunate, but fortunately the uh, the Idion is um, is I think is really really cool, and especially when you get when it sort of powers up and you get the uh, Little flashes across the um, the eyes and stuff like that, you know. I think yeah, of course. I think yeah. it's quite cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's really cool. And the so, sound design as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, outrageous stuff. I'll talk about more more about that in a bit. Okay, so I think we. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to um, um, talk about really um, with the contact. The other thing I think it does. Um, quite well. It was in the TV series. The buff clan are always going on, going on about being samurais and stuff, which is really stupid. Yeah. Um, and they basically removed all that, which again is another massive plus point for the editing because that used to really, really get on my nerves. Damido and G, um, uh, mm. GJ and and everyone constantly going on about being flipping samurais and the samurai spirit and the way of the samurai. And I, 
I really, <laughs> I really thought that was really, oh, really naff in the TV series. I thought it, it just, you know, it very was, tacky. It yeah, was really I'm tacky. Glad, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad I didn't witness any of that. Yeah, and, and they, and it's completely removed from from this film, um, which is yeah. like, you know, a real plus point. Um, really, really is. Um, despite its you know, it's limited. It is still a very, very violent and gory film. You know, mm. there's that element of the TV series is still very much there. They have not held back at all on, on the deaths in um, uh, contact. Um, there's the bit where I think it's Cosmo's father gets crushed by a rock and you can see his leg jerking away yeah. a little bit and stuff, you know, and you just see, you know, which is a constant thing for uh, 80s mecha is watching people get vaporised in an explosion. Um, you know, it's full of it, and you know, people, you know, die lots of lots of horrible deaths. So uh, it still has that really, really dark tone, um, and it's not it's not in any way light-hearted. There's no jokes in it at all, really. Um, it's very serious. It's very dark. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a heavy watch, uh, really. Mm. So, the idiot of contact. What are your sort of final summation on it, Lewis? Um, a summation. You want a rating or a? Yeah. Uh, so this. Hmm. Uh, I would give it a the, the first one. Um, big contact. I'd give it a seven out of ten. Uh, I I really enjoyed like the first like thirty forty minutes was very very cool very very engaging the characters in the. Uh, were like very interesting to me, yeah. um, and it's, it's it dulled me down a little bit afterwards. But the sound design and everything else, and the the way everything is is panned out, there's there's weight to certain sounds. That the, you know, the footsteps have got it their own weight. Um, judging where the characters are on screen as well, there's all that yeah. sound panning is very very well done. The finer details that you wouldn't normally appreciate. It's like a thankless job of you know if it's done right, you shouldn't notice it, but. Um, you know, if it's done slightly wrong, you'd be like, oh, hang on a minute, that doesn't sound too right. So that's, that's honestly, the, the sound design is, is nigh on flawless. Um, and I'm very, very appreciative of that. Yeah, Characters I, and everything else are, are, are pretty spot on in the first one as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a 7 out of 10 for me. Um, I think it does a pretty good job of laying out the story and building up um, the story for um, um, the idiot and, and how it leaves it to flow into... Um, be invoked. Ideon. Right, so now we move on to the Idion Be Invoked, which is the epic conclusion to, to Yoshiyuki Tamino's Space Runaway Idion story. So, um, quick synopsis of uh, be invoked so now the solo ship are uh, being pursued by Dober which is the leader of the buff clan and uh, Carola's unborn child um, Messiah protects the crew um, and Ede pushes the solo crew and the buff clan into an ever more brutal and bloodier conflict Dober uses the ultimate weapon the Gando Ran against the Edeon which ultimately leads to the destruction of both sides and the Messiah brings around the destruction then rebirth of the universe. So. Utter madness. <laughs> so what did you think of the Invoke, Lewis? Um, 
caught it, it, it dragged me through a hedge, didn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, before I knew what anything happened, someone had grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and thrown me through. Um, about you know, it felt like I've been thrown through a thousand year history. Uh, <laughs> but such is, uh, I guess, the way of of what is effectively a George R. R. Martin of mech anime. Um, uh, killing off a girl I, I haven't even met yet immediately in the uh, first you know two minutes uh and, and like it was it was like a it was an epic flashback thing that i didn't know was part of of cosmo's dream sequence or um was right, just something yeah. that was yeah so i i was honestly i had to watch it twice because uh the entire thing twice because i was just i was perplexed uh as to where i found myself um, but it was only the first like 10 15 minutes after that you sort of grasp where we're at yeah um but i didn't like being lost for the first 10 15 minutes it yeah. was a hard graft yeah um I, and i you know it was um you got a question about that didn't you yeah and i will say at this point here as well that the the, the two movies fundamentally change the the sequence of the story and be invoked essentially kind of re-edits the first 10 or 15 minutes of being invoked re-edits the last sort of five or six episodes of the tv series and changes some of it quite fundamentally um i mean i agree i i think being invoked starts in quite a scrappy way initially um and it kind of has this recap and you get the split screen stuff as it's kind of moving through that, that that bit of the story um mm. and yeah the bit with kitten and the whole relationship with kitten is is much better developed in the tv series and yeah. here it is really bite-sized and they change a death as well into a much more violent death in being invoked um and then that re but do you know what that that first minute or so really sets the tone for mm. being invoked. Well, um, I was, I was, uh, I was, I was shocked because I was like, oh bloody hell, was I meant to know who this was? <laughs> so I really, wa- I went and watched the last like 25 minutes just to, of um, of a contact just to double check on things, and I was like, no, all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> then after about that first 15, 16 minutes, it's then all new footage, um, yeah. which are the the original four unused episodes. Um, but I mean, it is, it's you know. I mean, I love it. I think it's a that that is a hell of a ride through the through the you know the last hour and twenty minutes of being invoked. I mean, I think it is. I think it's phenomenal. I really yeah, do. It I is, think it's, it's a madness, absolute madness. It is. It is an absolute um, sort of attack on the senses. It I really think it is. It's a real mind. It's a real mind assault. Um, being invoked. Um, mm. It chips along at quite. It chips along at quite a high rate, and what and what it again starts to do well is it brings back that sense of desperation because, you know, the Buff Clan are absolutely hammering and uh, absolutely hammering the Solo ship and the Edeon, and you know, and it just gets more and more desperate, and both sides get more and more desperate. Yeah, and as this all this Ede power is being channeled through, yeah. like, and, and you know, and and all of a sudden that like they've they've suddenly they've got nothing to fight for anymore yeah. and yet they're still doing it because yeah. they're, they're like well we've got nothing else to do so we might as well fight now yeah and, and it's you know and all these characters are just lost in space and it's yeah mad. and they and you know they're kind of exactly the e-day has has pushed them 
together and you, you get this good explanation of what the E-Day is trying to do. You know, it's, it's, you know, spoilers ahead, it's trying to re-cleanse the universe and everything. And you see how the, the E-Day is manipulating the Earth and the Buff Clan to, to achieve that, you know. Um, and like you say, in the end, they have these two very desperate battles, pointless battles, because it really is a, no, there is no winner, you know. No. In this, no in this battle um and uh yeah it's just it's such an it's such an assault um and it's yeah it's there's quite a bit going on in it you know and i agree when i watched it originally um i remember having to i remember watching it again because i love i liked it so much but then it was just like oh man there was so much in that film that i watched both films again um quite quickly um because that's the bit with Kit and you're talking about. That's um, um, they go to a planet called uh, Kyrol, um, mm. and they go to it twice in the TV series. So that whole thing is built up much, much bigger. And yeah, and like I say, it's dealt with in about a, a minute or two minutes um, mm. in it. Because the other thing it does as well in the end of the TV series, there's references to Dober. Um, you see him, um, the uh, Byral Jin, which is this big eye-shaped mothership and the own foundation and there's a load of other stuff and there's a subplot about um a coup over the emperor of the buff clan and that's completely you don't get any of that um in a contact and it's all put into and all that footage where they kind of discuss it a little bit at the end of the tv series is completely removed and 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 they they re-edit that um in um in being invoked and um, i say it's hinted at in the tv series but not really fully explained so um that's really good and and in the tv series they mention these got kind of two evil women which you see um uh Kimaru and Toroloff. um mm. they're mentioned but you never see them in the tv series because they don't show up until later so again the way the two films have been edited again makes more sense because the tv series referenced all this stuff that you never saw and never got resolved keep mentioning all these people and all these weapons that that you actually get to see and be invoked so in that in that sense that that works um that works a lot a lot better as well so um so let's say a bit of a scrappy start um and what you get in um after the montage footage is then you see the uh, idiot cutting the uh, uh, planet in half, which I think is a, I, I love that scene where yeah, yeah, Cosmo and the idiot go uh, mad and mm. he gets his light beams out and he cuts a whole planet in two, which that's I think is insane. just absolutely Very mental. Cool. That's, mean, the, is, that's, the, that's the pivotal point where they realise that Lou yeah. is, yeah, is that sort Lou of is, like... is the uh, kind of energy or the trigger for the for the power for the power yeah yeah um, uh, that, that's like a, a, a that's a weird point like i i get it like i understand um and they you know it helps them it helps them understand that either a bit more it makes cheryl go even a little bit madder um and but like it takes away a little bit more even from cosmo as a character yeah because uh and you're like oh so he's not yeah and again that's part of the whole one again it's one of the problems it's you know, mm. it, there's no I guess character. 
Yeah, I guess I'm, it's because you're so used to being like the pilot. The the pilot yeah. is the, is the is the the lead role, yeah. and then you know you, you, even it, when 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 Piper Lou starts like acting up and the Edo gets even more power, that then takes all the power away from him as a character. Um, piloting is piloting this this god machine, uh, and so you're left with this like basically yeah he's just another guy, um, which is poignant I suppose. Yeah. But. It, it, yeah, it is poignant, and it and it kind of because I think the way the um, the E Day is then fully explained in Be Invoked is really good, and it's a really good back like a really good story and explanation of the E Day and what it's doing, um, and how it's it's driving everything, and then you know how it's looking, it's pitched this purity in Piper Lou to to channel to channel itself, you know. Mm. I think that's really good, but but like you say, it then it then takes more away from the from the characters in the solo ship. So you've got yeah. even less of a you know a clear antagonist because you're absolutely right. In every other show, there is always really a clear antagonist, and then a, a few supporting characters. The protagonist, media. sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry, a clear protagonist. Clear protagonist, yeah, yeah. Um, and then a supporting sort of immediate cast around him, and then you've got the, a, a wider supporting cast to to that group you know and that's mm. and, and that is um that is uh that is still you know that's still missing in this film um yeah but again the characters though in there are really good harulu mm. is even she's even harsher she's even more of a bitch in this you yeah. know uh, yes. But it does portray her as a woman you know she's still ultimately underneath that oh yeah no harsh... her last her last I think 25 minutes are yeah. really good yeah after after they board the solo ship for like i don't know the 18th time yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she gets on board and confronts uh, her sister carola yeah. um that that the aftermath of all that is just brilliant on yeah her i think part. that's really really good characterization that i think that is really good character writing and then like dober as well how he's how he's such a complete bastard yeah you know and he, he's just really i mean he's just He's a bad dad, you know. Yeah, but then again, like that's I guess that's where um where you say it makes sense to me now because when you said like oh they took out all that samurai BS yeah um you know his he, you know they're all about that the the, the family honor and yeah, like exactly. disgracing the family yeah. name like that all still shines through yeah and like oh you put her out of her you know betrayal and misery yeah as a usurper of the the family name so it's like it that that I guess that does shine through there still in some respect yeah but yeah I mean, he is a, it, he's a terrible father yeah yeah you know and it, it shows it it you know it does that without repeatedly going on oh the way of the samurai the way of the samurai oh i really like a samurai you know the samurai spirit but um i think he's a i think he's a great baddie you know he's yeah. he is just really really good as oh like, it's um, great because in the in, in the final like you know battle um yeah. that lasts what 30, 30 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's a long old haul. Um, that, that is, uh, you know, he's just throwing, yeah, throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> he's and he's sacrificing testing. everybody. He doesn't yeah. care. He sacrifices, you know, yeah. and stuff, you know, he, he, you know, he merges his own daughters and stuff. You know, he's, yeah. he's just, he's just an absolute, he's absolute, um, he's an absolute bastard. And the portrayal of which is, and the desperation again to to not lose to the to the humans and and yeah. the E Day and stuff is great. And again, Cheryl, who we mentioned um, in 
um, the review of a contact, you know, her her final descent into utter madness is just absolutely Brilliant. fantastic. Absolutely, because you're like, no, what are you doing, Cheryl? No, <laughs> oh, Cheryl. Oh, I see you've got the solo ship's best interests at heart, but oh, you're mad. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, God. And her, she, just, her, and she loses the plot. And, and as, as she unravels over the two films and, yeah. and her final proper, yeah. just, like I say, descent into madness. Because you, you'd never guess it of her in the first one. No. She's so prim and proper and yeah. like, well-to-do and about, you know, science and myself and, and this. You know, there's a few character tussles between her and Carola yeah. uh, initially. And then, you know... It, her hard exterior starts like wearing away and you yeah, see all the yeah. insecurities and then just her descent into madness is all the more believable. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. It is, uh, apart it from very she's floating through <laughs> away after, after they fly, fire the idiot cannon, uh, yeah. and she's just floating away and you're like, my God, <laughs> what about Lou though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is, that is really, really, um, is really well done. Um, mm. and you know, and it, do you know, and it's just so violent, mm. you know, I mean, the, the violence in it is just extraordinary because, I mean, there are so many really, really brutal deaths, you know, and it's like true kill them all, you know, all the characters just at one by one get um, get killed, you know, or murdered. Yeah. Um, and all the kids get, you know, they all get shot and, um, you know, and um, Asherah, when she gets beheaded by the um, cannon fire, you know, I mean, that's just so um, so clearly depicted, you know, it's it's just this cannon and you just see her head just get taken away. Interestingly, um, I was um, reading um, an interview with one of the producers of um, Be Invoked, um, might even have been Kogawara who, uh, in the interview, um, that death scene they were actually um storyboarded fully all mm. it, all the storyboard said was that they that they they all died they all got shot in the battle or killed in the battle mm. so um the actual animators actually ad-libbed her death and so they came up with her being beheaded by cannon fire <laughs> you know? Jeez. but it fits you know but it's fitting um the the gando ran which i'll i want to talk about um in a minute um separately but the bit where the gando ran fires on the the idiot at the end and cosmo loses his arms and there's like blood like oh. pouring out of his out of his missing arm stumps and stuff you know it's just and we're uh, that, the emotion there is actually really incredible like, yeah you know the, it's, the, the yeah. tension there is ramped up Mm. so much and everything and I, I mean it's just so violent uh, it's so dark and brutal it's yeah. just it's I mean it's glorious really you yeah know, the spoils of war afterwards Ugh. yeah because you don't see that you don't quite no. see that level of darkness in anime anymore um, you do no. tend to see some level but that that kind of brutality and that portrayal which was really common in 80s mecha anime um, maybe not quite to the extent in being invoked but um but yeah i think it's it's glorious and then and then then you come to the, the well, actually before i talk about the ending i want to talk about the gando ran which is this big mm. that's a really cool ship, ship. um where it's, yeah i mean it's kind of like um uh, it's like a big solar cannon really isn't it you know it, it, it channels 
the rays of some black hole or something, you know, yeah. star into it. Um, it kind of reminds me of like the um, Death Star. I don't know whether Tamino took a bit of inspiration from from the Death Star um, because it, it does that whole thing of destroying planets and stuff, you know, and, and it's yeah. like it's the ultimate, you know, it's the ultimate weapon in the you know power in the universe to quote the uh, Galactic Empire. <laughs> Um, you know, but it's just, it's really massive. It's really cool looking. It's got great detail in it. And, you know, it's the perfect foil as a weapon to the Idion, I think, you know, and when that final confrontation and it's firing for the final time against the Idion, you know, and, and then ends the universe as such, I think is, you know, that, Bit. I think it's a really cool weapon. I think it's really cool design because it's massive as well, and you really oh. get that sense of scale that it's massive. Mm. Um, I, I think it's really, you know, it's a. Whereas the rest of it is a bit clunky, and the Biral Jin as well, I think is quite a cool looking mothership for the Buff Clan. Um, where the rest of it is quite clunky, some of the uh, design they get in that they bring at the end, the end of um, Idion, I think is really, really good. I remember seeing pictures of it, and I couldn't quite work out what it was. I'd seen, um, I'd seen scans of the uh, Roman um, album for Idian and it had this thing. But when I actually saw Be Invoked, I was like, oh, that is just so cool. Yeah. It was really, really cool. So the Gando ran, and the solo ship, far, uh, the Idian fire each other, and the universe ends. And then you get into the into this final ending sort of quite trippy, spacey ending where the the E-Day is now sort absolved. of absolved all the hatred in the universe and is, yeah. and is now create, created a new, a new, much calmer, much sort of chilled out, calm yeah. universe. And all the characters float through space. Now... That bit for me is quite interesting because um, it shows all the Buff Clan people that died in the TV series that don't feature in a contact. <laughs> you see, I was bloody confused. Yeah, <laughs> and, and people would be confused by that because there are half the characters that are in that sequence you don't see in the films. Yeah, you see, <laughs> you see I thought I thought when when I was watching, I was like, is that all the people that have died? But I went ahead and. Animated all those inconsequential people, though. <laughs> yeah, and you see, and because that—that's because it was—it had been created at the time of the TV series being produced. Yeah. So, you know, Tamino had this ending where all these, all these people were, where they'd been viciously fighting each other, were now living in harmony. Um, and so they're there, you know, and and so again, that—that's, you could argue, is where. Um, be invoked kind of suffers a little bit because they've had to they've had to recreate the story a contact to flow into be invoked um, well, i mean but, it doesn't matter too much in blissful ignorance but i think yeah. somebody's watched it yeah yeah it's that's that's probably the only really for me is really the only shortfall in um mm. be invoked is is those two bits um and they're kind of legacy things from the tv show being cancelled um the other interesting thing in that end sequence is that everyone's naked. Now, 
like what we said in the when we reviewed Arian, which had a lot of you know had quite a bit of child nudity. This has a lot of child nudity, which quite acceptable in Japan at that time because up until really only a few years ago, Japan had you know from a Western standard very unusual child sex laws. Um, yeah. And that level of nudity was was quite acceptable on, on Japanese TV. It's a complete barrier, especially to the US, where that type of thing is just an absolute no no. Um, yeah. You know the the American release of um, only yesterday, the Studio Ghibli film, was delayed because it had a thing about um, the, the the lead character whose name I can't remember, but there's a thing about there where she she um, has a period. And, and that little bit, which is a tiny, tiny bit of that film, prevented that film getting a release in the US for like 15 years, you know. So I do always wonder if the, you know, as you start to see Zabungle, Elgoyne, uh, Dunbine, they've all got releases recently with, with streaming, but Idion hasn't. Yeah. And I wonder if that nudity in it because um, it's in the TV series as well, um, I think potentially creates a, a barrier to a to a US release. Yeah, makes I mean, it, it would make sense. Um, so the other thing I want to final thing probably bit I want to talk about with um, the Incontact is its its production values, and I think the animation in the Invoked compared to a Contact is a massive step forward. I, th- I think it, vis- it is quite markedly clearer in being invoked yeah. animation. I think it looks a lot. Yeah, the, I did notice the, the Idion does look a. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say I did notice that the the Idion uh, does look, you know, a dance site more shaded and colourful. Yeah. And I think the, everything looks scenes. a bit clearer and there's a bit more yeah. detail in stuff. Um, and every time I watch it, I do notice, I always notice how much better the Invoke looks compared to a Contact. Mm. Um, it's quite remarkable. And like I say, the sound in it, um, the, the music's consistent, but the sound stage, again, is 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 really, really well done, you know. Yeah. Um, it, I think the sound is on a par um, with the with a Contact. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, definitely a step forward in animation. I think it's, from from a production point of view... I think it has very, very good production from a sound and animation point of view. I think mm. it's very, very well done. I think that really the two uh, animation point of view, but the sound is in both films is very, very good. And I think, I think it's uh, it's quite a, you know, um, it feels like quite a very high quality production, especially yeah. given that it was done in ninety. Essentially, it was animated in in early nineteen eighty. So. For that for that period, it feels it feels quite high. So, mm. um, so yeah, that's um. So I think that's pretty much everything I want to say about um, the invoked Lewis. So, yeah. final summations of of the idiot. Uh, well, the invoked, I'd give it a, a seven out of ten. Really. Uh, yeah, I would give it a seven out of ten purely for the fact that I hadn't seen the um. The, the series so uh, from a from a purely objective standpoint the first 15 minutes first 20 yeah. minutes were very hard to get through yeah because uh, I felt I was just playing catch up and I had yeah, to you know just, I, had to, I had to skip yeah, back and, yeah. and rewatch and stuff like that so I, I, I lost myself and a lot of it a lot of the following lost gravity without having yeah. context so I did have to go and read up a little bit more 
um, yeah. about about the missing gaps. And I was like, oh, okay, well that makes more sense now. Yeah. Uh, because there's there's things being introduced like the Messiah and everything else, and and certain relationships that I hadn't witnessed. Yeah, uh, hadn't so, really so, been established um, yeah. enough. And again, because the um, being in contact is, I think, about an hour and 34 minutes or something like an hour and 38 minutes. So, again, it's it's not a lot of, you know, ultimately it's three hours of screen time to tell this whole story. Yeah. when um, it's a very big story as well. So, yeah, it, it kind of does suffer. Um, for me, I mean, I really, really like being invoked. I, I think it's, I, you know... I really, really enjoy it. I watch, I always watch it, the two films together. Mm. But I always do. But you know what I'm really looking forward to is watching being invoked. So <laughs> um, it's, you know, I'm gonna have to say it is kind of like a ten out of ten film for me because it's just, it's, I think it's quite unique, um, mm. and stuff. And I think it's just, yeah, it's just. I don't know. It's just something special, and I, 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 I've watched Be Invoked. Um, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight times. I've watched it quite a lot over the years, mm. and I, um, where I don't go back and watch the TV series, but oh, I, I do regularly go back and watch the movies, and and it is to watch Be Invoked, you know. So yeah, it's very, very high up on my, in my. Mm. You know, if I were to produce a top ten of my all-time favorite <clears> anime, I think I think Be Invoked would. Would, would sit in it. Yeah, yeah. See, I can't watch it. I, I lose a lot of um, uh, my initial luster and, and value of it purely because I cannot help but be 23 years old and having and having watched a 24 episode series <laughs> of Gurren Lagann yeah. and being blown away by every single one of them. Yeah. I can't help but draw uh, similarities uh, between them and think. What could have they achieved better in 24 episodes rather than 43? Would yeah, it be more yeah. coherent? Yeah, I agree. Would it be I'd a 10 be... out of 10 for me? Yeah. Like I, I, I would, have, I would, I'd like to imagine that you know across 24 episodes, well cut, uh, clearer. It, it, you know, you wouldn't have the problems even if there wasn't a clear protagonist. You wouldn't have the problems of characterization spread across 24 episodes than you would over 43. Yeah. Um, and you can still get that level of of depth. Uh, I feel out, out of that. But, you know, it's, it's a product of its time, yeah. not my time. And yeah, that, and I, and I, I think, think translates. That's, yeah, and that's, and that's, uh, and, you know, that's a, an interesting viewpoint because it is very old. You know, it is, yeah. you know, it is 37 years old now, really. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's, and, and that, I think that's where, you know, I've been into and grown up with that kind of thing. And, you know, and then a, a newer person coming into it, um, yeah, with a very, very different mindset to it. Um, we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more because we've got some questions which, um, which I think is probably the right time to uh, to come on to. to. Ask them. Yeah. So um, I did get a number of questions on Twitter. For this episode about um, the idiot of contact and being invoked, so um, so I'll run through them. So um, our friend of the show, the subtle doctor, um, Doc asks. Uh, he's asked a couple of questions. His first question is: um, 
This show seems to be highly thought of by the Mecha fan community. Do you think it deserves the lofty position of Mecha Classic? So, um, I'll answer this first bit and then we'll talk a bit more because it kind of ties on to what we were just talking about at the end of the Be Invoked. So, in the last 15 years, I have probably watched, I would say, 90% of all Mecha anime made from about 1978 up until the early 90s. You know, I ha Mecha is my thing. Ever since I saw Star Avengers in 1983, that was it. You know, I, I love animated robots. And I've really made um, a real effort to see all the TV series, movies and OVAs. Um, and I, you know, I have an enormous collection of robot anime. Um, to be honest, you do. I, that's very true. true. Um, you you, do, I mean, um, you've witnessed it. You, you've witnessed yeah. my collection. So, um, you know, I'm, I, you know, I have a couple of books which are my Mecha Bibles. They're called the Super Robot Chronicles Part One and Two, and they list every, and I mean every single robot anime made since uh, Tetsujin Twenty Eight. Um, I think the first bit goes up to ninety nine, and then the second book goes from sort of late 99 up until about 2015 but the yeah. first book was my when I bought that about 12 or 13 years ago it was my bible and from that I just used that to dig out all this robot stuff yeah. um, I'd say you'd be hard come by to find anyone else as well versed in mecha anime than you are <laughs> thank you <Liz>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, so you know I, I feel I, I speak with good reference um, in saying this um, you know I feel the TV series is overhyped I think there was a lot of chatter about how good it is and I think it is good but I don't think it's great and I think a lot of that sort of chatter comes really from people that I always feel don't are people that haven't seen it um, you know um, but be invoked though as I said at the end of the review, I think is a real, true sci-fi classic, um, and I think it and be invoked. I think deserves all the hype it gets, because um, there was a lot of, as we previously mentioned, there was a lot of violent necker anime made around that time. But I mean, none of it I think is quite as brutal as be invoked. I think it is, you know. And I think it deserves that reputation. I mean, it is pure hard sci-fi. It's got some great-looking ships. It's got good battles. It's got great characters. Um, you know, for its time, you know, in 82, I think it's, you know, I think it, I really do think it's a classic. Um, but, you know, building on what you said at the end of the Be, Be Invoked review, you know, from a modern audience and, a, you know, from the next generation of fans, which you are, you know, you have a very different perspective on it. Well, see, I can't really speak. Yeah, I mean, you've not seen as much of that yeah. anime as me, so. Yeah, it's like it's it's a hard thought. Like, I, my love of anime, the mecha anime, is is really just like Evangelion, Gundam Unicorn, uh, Zeta Gundam, and um, Gurren Lagann. Yeah, and and that's that that's really my experience. I mean, I've I've watched more with you, but the only ones that have stuck with me are those ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I, I would. 
I wouldn't say I have an upheld and, and yeah. well-respected view. Uh, yeah. Because... I mean, I... Yeah, I say, I think... I think it is a classic, and I think it's a classic. And anyone who is interested in mecha anime, um, and its influence we'll talk about in a minute, but yeah. really well, should go and I think should see it, really. Yeah. It, it, it deserves it, the hype being invoked. I, I, I do think it deserves a watch. Um, for me, I'd say if you're in my position, if you're more similar to me, then take it with a pinch of salt. The first one's good for context, but if you'll feel a little bit lost on the second one yeah. for a little while. If you if you can get past that and then, um, you know, take in everything that it is about for the last hour or so, yeah. then you'll have a very good time watching it um, because it does make some interesting points. It, it does make a good comment on, you know, on the dystopian future yeah, or, yeah. Um, or however you want to, to call it. But it, it does... It will lose you if you aren't invested in yeah, the mecha anime I agree. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it think does it, leave you behind. Yeah, I think a casual viewer today will will struggle with with the idiom in general. I think. Yeah. Um, so the second question um, the doc uh, asks is: Do you prefer the be invoked ending to the TV series one? And absolutely, I prefer the uh, be invoked ending because. The TV series ending is absolutely rubbish. It's so abrupt and leaves so many plot threads unclosed. Um, it's uh, yeah, I think it's the, the TV series. The TV series basically spends the last four or five episodes building up to this big climax, and then the big climax never happens, and you and it's just not explained. So it's a terrible ending, um, and you're a bit shortchanged after having sat through it for 39 episodes. Um, especially given how repetitive and how it doesn't move the story on for most of the series. Um, just as when it's really beginning to get good, it, it ends. So the the Be Invoked movie kind of sorts that all out and has a very, very good ending. So, yeah, yeah the, the Be Invoked definitely. Um, so next set of questions from um, Thaliarchus, uh, at Thaliarchus, another, another sort of friend of the podcast. Uh, his first question is, um, do you think a contact is a workable substitute for watching the Idian TV shows, either just as a way to prep for the Be Invoked or as a film to be enjoyed in its own right? Um, or is it too clipped and too reliant on knowledge of the show it is compiled from? The second one is more reliant. The first one you can watch fine. Yeah. Um, so... A contact you can watch you can watch fine, no no problems. You might get a little bit worn down in the last yeah. 30 minutes or the last 15. Um, but you will need some context, even if it's just a little bit of reading through what you could miss through being invoked. Yeah, so the two, the two story continuities are completely different. There is the TV series continuity, and then there is the movie compilation continuity. And you, you I don't think you... If you watch the TV series, then watch Be Invoked. The stuff that's explained at the end of the TV series will really confuse you to what happens in Be Invoked. So I don't think you can substitute really... If you're going to watch Be Invoked, you need to watch a contact before it. But as we mentioned, the the bit at the start of the first sort of 10 minutes or so of Be Invoked where 
it compresses the last bit of the TV series down in such a way that you don't get any context to the relationship of the characters and the events that happen at the start of the the invoked is quite difficult. So what it's it's a difficult one to be honest because I think if you watch the I think ultimately watching the TV series is probably beneficial. I in the past I didn't think it so much, but having watched the TV series and then rewatching the movies again, I think yeah, and listening to your comments, um, I think yeah. Ultimately, if you watch the TV series, you'll you'll have a bit of context to what happens in the movies, which I think is beneficial. So, I don't think yeah, you can I don't think you can substitute one for the other because the stories the, the story is too different. Uh, you know, the sequence of events is too different. But the TV series does provide a bit of context to help you understand be invoked better. I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it will leave you behind. Otherwise, um, it's a bit of a shame. But you know, it's not. It's not. It's the same way I think. I think about the the World of Warcraft movie. It's not built for first time viewers. It's yeah, built for fans. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah, that's a good point. That yeah, it it isn't really. And I think you know, yeah. I I think ultimately you'd have to watch it all. <laughs> um, yeah. To fully get yeah. it. I think that the two movies are perfectly serviceable, and I think once you've seen them a couple of times and they become more familiar, I think it's probably easier. Um, but yeah, you, there is a bit of context on the TV series that's missing from being invoked. Mm. Um, Thaliarchus's second question is um, also it'd be interesting to hear any thoughts you guys have on Idion's influence, e.g., Evangelion or Gurren Lagann. Well, Evangelion. Um, Hideaki Anno openly admits um, that Idion was um, a massive influence on Evangelion. Um, and you only have to look at the ending of the T- Evangelion TV series and um, the ending of Being Invoked. Um, the whole. And the ending of Gurren Lagan. And the Gurren Lagan, yeah. You know, yeah. the influence, its influence is, is, you know, is very much felt um, today. Um, the whole the, the whole ending with the happy birthday and the rebirth of the universe and everyone sort of getting along you know all the foes and people all suddenly being one happy family you know that is completely and utterly mimicked at the end of the Evangelion TV series it is almost yeah. you could almost argue it's almost shot for shot you know um, plagiarised. <laughs> and the Evangelion TV series, so its influence, yeah. um, and the whole sort of this sort of super, almost supernatural force guiding what's happening to the Earth with the angels and everything, you know, that is completely mimicked with how the E Day is is manipulating the, these two races to to ultimately get what the E Day wants, you know, and that's you know you can argue the angels are manipulating. Um, Gendo Ikari to oh, yeah. for the human um, instrumentality project. So you know it's yeah, and Guru Lagan as well. So you know off the back of that, off the back of Evangelion, because Mike Tool, um, he it takes Lagan. a more mm, sorry, it's Guru Lagan just takes a way a very jovial, uh, but also uh, 
it, it conceptualizes the, the entire theme for you a bit more and it, it, it like it it establishes the themes that you'd find within um within a Dion to like certain things like the spiral uh yeah. races you know they, they, they really conceptualize it and categorize it yeah. uh, more so than leave it as this open sort of insinuated uh mystery yeah you know it's, it's more categorized but i think that's intrinsic of the style yeah because I, I agree with your comments on um gurren lagen because i you know it took me a while to get around to seeing it, but because you know, I made you watch it, yeah. you did. Yeah, you did I, make I, me watch it, yeah. You went yeah. on and on about it, and so I went and bought the the Blu-ray set, and um, and we're I was absolutely surprised. blown away by it. And I absolutely love. I loved every single minute of Gurren Lagann. I oh, so bloody good, isn't it? It is, <laughs> it is such a good series. I was absolutely gripped by Gurren Lagann. Um, it is a really, really good. But it's it's you know the influence of Ideon and Evangelion on it are, are very, very clear to see. But, um, yeah. I mean, but, I, I haven't seen, obviously, Idiom before. Yeah, you haven't seen um, Idiom before. Um, so, um, but yeah, you know, and it's just, and it is really, really good. I mean, it's a 10 out of 10 TV series for me. I think it does, mm. it does a very, very, it looks amazing and it's got an all, it, just the story's fantastic. Yeah, um, great cast, great characters, great yeah. storyline. So you can um, clearly see it. And Mike Tool, going back to what I was just, saying earlier he did a, an article on, on um anime news network a few years ago three four mm. years ago about the influence of evangelion um you know because tomino because it kind of went full you know circle because idiom influenced evangelion and then on the back of evangelion's success um you know because that was a, an, another tr- true milestone in in anime um, in anime you know tomino then did his take on Evangelion, which was brain-powered. So, yeah. for Tamino, it went full circle. He created it, inspired something, which then inspired him to do something similar again. Um, you know, I, I recommend anyone going on um, to the Anime News Network and, and looking up that article, because it's very interesting. So all those things that, you know, Dual Parallel Adventure and Devastate that were influenced by Evangelion ultimately were influenced by idiom um you know so uh yeah and then the final question we had from uh regular uh who's uh, at regular um he asks in an interview um tominori kogawara says he left a cut with the namba run in be invoked and he asks where is it so the namba run um i did a bit of i did a bit of digging into this um so the namba run is where when you walk, your arms and legs move in opposite directions. And when you number run, your arm, leg and arm move in the same direction. So as you bring your leg up, you bring... So if you bring oh, your yeah, left, yeah, the, left, the, yeah, I know left leg up, you bring your left arm up. Now, it in Heat Man a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's how um, cartoon characters often run as well. But supposedly, like 150 years ago, all Japanese walks like that. Yeah. And apparently yeah. it's supposed to be a more efficient way of of using your muscles, but it kind of died out and everyone walks how everyone walks today where your arm and legs move in opposite. So um, there is a thing where Kasha does it. Um, um, regular put the um, the interview, the, the text um, on the tweet, and I will I will share that image after the uh, this episode is posted. Um, and it's Kasha, and I looked 
all the scenes on Kasha, I looked in very careful detail, and I did spot it, and it is a real blink and you miss it um, moment, but there's a bit where um, after carola has been shot and her corpse is on the floor, um, Cosmo and Deck go to lift the sheet up, and you see um, Kasha run into the shot, and as she she runs into the shot, she's doing the number run, Oh, I see. And it's literally half a second to do it. You have to really, really, you know, if you oh, use um, something like Media Player Classic or something where you can slow slow it down, yeah. you can clearly see her do it. But at normal speed, it's very, very hard to it's very, very hard to see. But but it is there. It is. That'll there. be about that's about half an hour from the end, then. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, so it, it is there. Um, so there's a thing. Get a timestamp for you as well. Um, and I will say actually, um, I didn't mention this talking about the TV series, but there's loads of um, cameos. Tamino makes a um, a cameo in it. There's a shot of the solo ship crew, and he stood on the edge. There's there's loads of little Easter eggs in um, in uh, the TV series for it mm. with, with characters and references and. Like a lot of other Tamino shows, it's got the goofy animals because um, um, I'm sure it's in the, a contact. You, you see this blue sort of flying frog thing that keeps getting in everyone's way. You know, Tamino loves his comedy animals, and and oh yeah, um, of course. It, and it's probably the only comedy that's in the um, in in it against the uh, against all the darkness. But yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's it's full of it's full of little things like that. It's full of Tamino tropes. So, um, mm. so that's the last question. So I think that pretty much wraps up our whole um, review of um, Space Runaway. Uh, idiom. Space Runaway, <laughs> idiom. Yeah, what a lovely little outro tune. What a lovely little outro tune. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I think that that brings an end uh, to that. So, uh, having completed our reviews, let's take a look at what we're going to look at on the next episode. So, next time, um, we're going to look at two anime based on the occult. Uh, look at something a bit different. So, we're going to review the uh, Vampire Princess Miyu OVA, and we're going to review Takagami Guardian of Darkness OVA as well. Okay, so that uh, brings us to an end to the uh, this episode. So just to end on where to find us. So you can find uh, the show on Twitter at RetroAnime. You can find the podcast on Podomatic, Stitcher and iTunes by searching for RetroAnime Podcast. Find our website, RetroAnimePodcast.com. You can email me at the website um Ian at RetroAnimePodcast.com and you can also find me on the Anime UK News Forums. My username is Organ. So, that is the end of the podcast. So, it's been a good discussion, that, Lewis. Mm. So, I've uh, enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's been good. Excellent. Right, so, see you next time. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye.